plates ready? This is Food School, Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. Want to feel amazing? Love the way you look in the mirror and perform your absolute best in the gym, at work, and in bed. Well, in life, you're definitely in the right place. Food, it's you. It builds every single cell of you. And if there is one thing every human being must master, it's food. Because at the very least, eating, you do it every day, several times a day, every single day. You might as well get good at it. I'm your host, Angela Sharina from Create Yourself Dead Today, your personal nutritionist and plate watcher, your diet guide and explorer, your fat loss coach and food inspector, and just someone with a lot, a lot of passion and obsession and curiosity for healthy food, healthy diets, nutrition, optimized human performance, everything and absolutely anything you put in your grocery shopping cart, your fridge, on your plate, and in your mouth. It's my business. Food School, on a mission to help you eat better daily. It's the last time I talk about food. It's the last time I talk about food. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast. How's your meal planning going? Have you thought about what are you trying to achieve with your nutrition? Have you thought about how you can make your meals more nutritious, more health, energy, vitality, and longevity promoting? If not, check Again, the episode yesterday, I'll listen to my five-step formula for your own personalized, goal-oriented meal planning routine and start upgrading your nutrition because a lot of how you feel, how you perform daily is in your daily meals and a lot of success of having the best possible daily meals lies in proper planning. You wouldn't believe how much better you can be eating easily once you learn how to plan your meals properly. So that's about meal planning. In today's episode, we are going to answer some of the questions that I'm getting from you guys, from uh, all my social media, from Quora, from um, my email, everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, So if you have a question, by the way, you can always ask your question. The more precise, the better, the more personalized and individual that question is, the better I can answer it. So the more details you provide, the better my answer is going to be. And I always try to do my best to provide you with the most um, relevant and most... um, advanced answer that will benefit you in the best possible way. So ask your questions, get your answers, improve your life too, and eat better daily. So the questions, what is the maximum number of carbs I can eat a day to stay in ketosis? So this is for all of you guys who are interested in ketogenic diet or are in keto genic state or trying to be there. Uh, So ketogenic diet is defined uh, by the 
by the state when your body produces ketones and uses ketones as an energy source. And think about this uh, diet. Uh, you can only be truly on a ketogenic diet when you are in that state, in a state of ketosis, and your body burns fats from your foods and from uh, your own body fat storage, storage for energy. So your body relies on fat for energy more than on carbs. Um, and... Um, Again, in order to be on this diet, you got to stay in a state of ketosis, and uh, your body cannot burn uh, blood glucose and ketones for fuel at the same time. It's actually an unhealthy state when your body tries to do that for some um, reason, if there is something wrong with your metabolism. Anyway, to be in a state of ketosis, uh, you got to lower your carbohydrates, and usually it is recommended to go 50 carbs and below total or 30 gram of carbs, net carbs, basically total carbs without fiber, the uh, undigestible fiber. Uh, but it is also very individual. Your blood glucose levels and the ability of your body to make ketones and to burn fat or fuel uh, might also depend on uh, inflammation levels, on stress levels, uh, on how much sleep you got uh, this night and getting uh, on a regular basis. Um, so whether you are in a state in ketos uh, of ketosis or not, uh, it's not only defined by the carbs, but you got to lower your carbs. Um, it's also defined by your overall lifestyle and specifically stress and inflammation and sleep. But yeah, 50 grams, I would go there um, often, especially at the beginning, you might need to go even lower than that. Um, and for athletes, it's a little bit different, uh, especially if you're someone like, who does a lot of endurance training. If you're someone who trains with high intensity, you might allow yourself more carbs. You know, some professional cyclists, for example, can eat um, like 150 grams of carbs and still be in ketosis if they uh, consume those carbs during their, their workouts or after their workouts and the body just burns like crazy through any fuel still staying in uh, ketosis. So that depends. But again, uh, a good benchmark to start is 50 grams total carbs, uh, and then also to make sure that you are actually in a state of ketosis, the way to really be sure of that is to measure that either in your blood with the um, devices available or in your breath or, or in your pee, also a very popular way, but not that accurate. So that is when it comes to ketosis. What types of fats would you recommend to eat to promote fullness without weight uh, gain? And those kinds of questions usually are asked by people also who are trying to be on a low-carb, high-fat diet. So what kind of fats? And um, different fats like monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, saturated fats, and fats from different kinds of foods um, produce different metabolic effects in our body when it comes to satiety and fat burning. But um, a big difference that really make, uh, make a difference at the end of the day for fullness and satiety and uh, weight loss, not actually related so much to molecular structure of particular fat, but to the form in which that fat you eat. So what, what I mean by that? I always tell people if uh, the goal is maximum satiety and weight loss, you got to eat whole foods. So when it comes to fats, don't eat your fats from bottles, from packages like butter or ghee 
or uh, olive oil or avocado oil or coconut oil. Eat your fats in whole foods with a whole package of other micro and macronutrients. So, for example, instead of olive oil, eat your olives. Instead of coconut oil, eat your coconuts. Get your fats from whole nuts and seeds, from avocados, uh, from uh, fatty fish like salmon, like sardines, from meats and poultry. So get your fats from whole foods. Allow your body to work for your fats instead of just consuming them in a bottle or uh, in a package. So those are the best fats for your fat loss and weight loss. Next one. With no change in diet, can stress alone increase blood glucose and LDL cholesterol levels? Yes, guys. Stress is is a huge factor in human health. Stress can literally kill you. Not maybe right away, but sometimes right away you get a stroke or a heart attack. You know, what do you think happens? It's actually very stressful situation for your body that causes that um, event that might easily kill you. So can stress change your blood glucose and LDL cholesterol? You bet. For different people, it might happen differently. You know, you might have different stress uh, levels in your life and your body might be able to manage it differently. But yeah, for sure, blood glucose, cholesterol levels, stress effect affects all of that. So that's why it's very important um, as a human being to learn how to manage your stress because stress, it's very much psychological. It's not the events in your life that cause stress. It's how you react to them. And you can manage your reaction. It's not on autopilot, at least not for someone who knows how to manage their emotions and their uh, mental states. It's something you manage, something in your mind. You got to have strategies like meditations, like Breathing, uh, one of the most effective uh, strategies to uh, manage your stress, uh, and yeah, you gotta you gotta learn it too. Because also, usually, the more things in life you get, the more life in your days you have, the more stress there is or potential for stress, and you gotta manage it properly for optimal health. Next one. Do you think counting calories is important for health reasons, not just weight loss? Guys, counting calories is not important, not precise, not effective for weight loss. Leave alone health. I count calories with my fitness pal app, not so much to count it for me personally, but uh, to give other people uh, some idea of how many calories I eat to achieve certain physique or to support certain health and energy levels. And most importantly, it actually for me to show people what kinds of foods I eat and how much energy you can get from different foods. It's uh, it's kind of, it's probably useful to educate yourself about how much energy you get from certain foods and calories is a way to measure that energy in foods. It's not precise, but uh, it's a way, it's probably the best way we have. Um, but it's not important for weight loss. What's important for weight loss is actual foods you eat or do not eat, and then the amount of that food. So I usually recommend people to have some sort of meal plan and then see whether you maintain your weight, whether you lose it, where you gain, and then just adjust the quantity of that same food. So for example, 
you know, just the really random thing. If you eat every day a pound of broccoli and then a pound of fish and then um, you don't lose anything and don't gain, any, gain anything, that means that that amount of energy your body uses for maintenance. So if you start eating more, if you start eating two pounds of broccoli and two pounds of fish and you start getting weight, that means that your body gets more energy than it uses. And what you need is to just uh, cut the amount of that food. You don't need to count any calories. You can just adjust the portions and that's it. But you gotta be able to track that amount somehow. Otherwise, you will never know how much food exactly you consume. That's where also counting calories can be useful because then you can interchange kind of foods and still be able to understand how much energy those foods have. But again, it's very imprecise method for weight loss. Ultimate judge of your weight loss progress is, uh, of course, your weight. Uh, if you're losing, then, you know, you're losing. You're in energy deficit. If you're not, then there is something going on and your body, uh, your body manages to maintain your weight with the energy that you provide and you need to do something about it if you want to lose weight. For health, guys, calories are really not important, like not even a tiny bit. What's important is what kind of nutrients you get with your diet. And when it comes to tracking, what's important is your inflammation levels is very important. If you have increased inflammation in your body, there is something wrong going on. Uh, and then also your blood glucose, your insulin levels are very important. Probably um, it's also very useful to know your blood lipids levels. But, um, you know, when it comes to blood lipids, if you have, uh, if you know your inflammation levels, uh, then just that can tell you how healthy you are. And then fat percentage, in particular, the percentage of visceral fat, of fat around your internal organs is very important for your health. Again, calories have nothing to do with your health at all. Next one. Is it true that all food eaten after 8 p.m. turns directly into fat? No, it is not true, guys. The possibility of your of your body using that food that you consume after 8 p.m., the possibility of your body turning it into fat increases, of course, compared to your breakfast when you have the whole day to use that energy, right? But uh, at the end of the day, what matters the most is total amount of energy you consume in the form of uh, food uh, and total amount of energy that your body uses for the processes of your life. And that will define whether you your body stores energy as fat um, or your body uses it for something else. Uh, your total energy matters much more than timing. And then also your hormonal environment. So um, the, your hormonal environment that you create by your lifestyle, by your sleep. So whether your blood glucose, for example, and insulin are elevated or not, uh, that matters for your body's ability and uh, willingness to store fat or to burn it. Uh, but yeah, just the timing itself, it's uh, not a predictor of how much fat um, you have. Next one, is it better to lose weight before you start exercising if you are obese? I, if when it comes to intense exercise, yeah, for sure, uh, I would recommend you to change your diet, change your lifestyle, you know, your sleep patterns, your stress, stress management, get healthier, get a little bit fitter before attempting any intense uh, 
exercise activity because it can be unsafe for your uh, heart and your joints and just for your body as a system uh, if you are out of shape and trying to do something intense. Uh, that being said, uh, whenever you want to lose weight, I do recommend you to get more active by walking, by sitting less, by, um, uh, by just doing more but not necessarily exercising because exercise can add more stress that your body does not need at the moment. And it's best for you to work more on your nutrition, to work more on being active, not um, exercising, um, like doing something really intense. So that's what I usually recommend, uh, being more active and changing your lifestyle and nutrition for healthier ones. And then once you feel yourself fitter and more capable, then you can start something more intense. But, you know, just because you're obese doesn't mean you can't walk. Like, it's a very rare case that walking will, um, will, be, will have negative effect for weight loss or health. Next one. What are the best ways for someone with prediabetes to lose weight? A lot of people these days are in that pre-diabetic state. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, a lot of adults, just because of poor food supply that we have that promotes that pre-diabetic state or uh, basically imbalance in your blood glucose levels and your insulin levels. And, you know, that pre-diabetic state is usually different for um, different individuals. So what are the best way, ways to lose weight? Well, the best ways to lose weight in that case in particular is to do something that helps your body to manage your blood glucose. And those ways are getting more active so your body metabolizes blood uh, glucose and any kinds of uh, sugars coming into your body better. Uh, and your body has better capability to manage blood glucose. So again, getting more active, walking more, sitting less, managing your stress, improving your sleep routine. Those are the things also that will help your body to manage your blood glucose levels. Um, and then, of course, when it comes to diet, you know, don't eat processed food, don't eat junk foods, don't eat pro-inflammatory foods, eat foods that promote healthy and stable blood sugars, like whole food vegetables with a lot of fiber, maybe no nuts and seeds, uh, healthy proteins, healthy healthy whole food fats. Those, those are the foods that help your body to maintain stable blood sugar. And that is a great way to eat for anyone, but especially for someone who already has some problems with blood glucose and insulin levels. And then uh, when it comes to weight loss, you know, even what I just said, what I just mentioned, will help you to start losing weight most probably. But then when you at a weight loss plateau or it's not moving, you might still be just eating simply too much. And again, that in that case, I recommend you to have a healthy diet, have a healthy meal plan, and then just simply adjust the amount of foods you eat after you've done all the stress management, sleep, and improving overall quality of your diet. And the last one, can you lose weight with only workouts? The answer is really simple, guys. Whatever like you can do to help your body to use more energy without getting more energy in or basically without eating more, yes, it will help you to lose weight. But uh, losing weight by exercise is very inefficient and also much, much slower way to lose weight if you change nothing about your diet and your overall lifestyle. 
So can you do it? Yes, you can. But it's harder to maintain. It's harder to do if you change nothing about your lifestyle and your nutrition. And that's it for today, guys. Your questions answered on Food School Podcast. Uh, That's, you know, one of my favorite episodes to answer your questions. So submit your questions on any social media or through email. Get all the best answers. Uh, And don't Google, don't waste hours of time searching for that best answer when you can get your precise question answered right here, right now. So submit your questions. Uh, My email probably is the best way and you can find my email in the show notes. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, This week we are still on for our multivitamin, super cool multivitamin um, episode, um, the best supplements to be on the market soon. Uh, we we will be talking with the CEO of one cool company and then food news. And that's probably it for this week. Anyway, submit your questions. Thank you for tuning in. I love you all. Stay healthy. It's the middle of the week. And as usual, till next time, eat better daily. <laughs>